Welcome to Healing Your Families. We're wrapping up this month talking about communication, family communication. And we're ending with a really important speaker. I'm so glad she was able to join us. Before I welcome her in, I want to tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Clea Harris. I saw her profile on LinkedIn. I was really intrigued. Her, she's, a, she's an estate attorney, and the name of her company is Angel Advocates. And so I reached out to her. Uh, she explained to me what she did. She also sent me her free toolkit, which I really loved and found, and she'll talk more about that. But I felt this is valuable information that families need. There are some conversations that we delay, they're awkward, we try to avoid them, but we can't. It's the elephant in the room. So Clea, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I know that you're, you have some slides you want to share with us, and I always like to start out with your story, but you're going to be sharing that. You're going to be telling us why you became an estate attorney. So I'm excited to hear it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, great. Well, then let's dive in. Do you want me to get started and share my yes, slides? please do. Okay. Let's see here. Share my screen. I'm going to be looking over here. I've got two screens here. But um, thank you so much, Emily. I've just really, when I was in law school, honestly, I thought estate planning sounded so morbid. I just thought like, oh, like who would ever want to do that? And now um, it, I think I was put on this earth to do estate planning. <laughs> so I wow. just love, love, love it. Um, it's so, usually people think of, of um, estate planning, that it's a, a conversation that um, with you know, about assets, about money, about probate, about um, keeping your family out of court and conflict. And um, usually it's a conversation that is a, a really not about you, right? It's about the people that you love the most. It's not, it's because honestly, we could all just kind of like you know, leave this world and, you know, whatever happens, happens, and we can just, you know, wash our hands of it. Something's going to happen, you know, whatever. And so any kind of planning we do really is a reflection of the love that we have for our family. Because um, we're saving them the time or the money or the, the frustration or the conflict. Um, so your loved ones will know, you know, whether or not you, you lived up to your promise that you took care of it. Because some, you know, that's what we hear so much. What we're going to be talking about today, though, is with healthcare, um, the reality is that you are the one that benefits from this the most. <laughs> this is the one estate planning conversation that you're going to be alive to know how it all went down. Um, so really such an important conversation. I'm so passionate about this happening in our communities with our families, because in incapacity planning, um, it is about you and helping the people you love the most help you. And uh, you'll know whether you lived up to your promise that you took care of it. You're going to know if, oh my goodness, you know, in your final months or, or years, um, if you didn't take care of it and you have, your family has to go to court in order to get guardianship um, in order to make decisions or, or if you didn't properly communicate your wishes. So you're left um, in a situation that 
is um, everything you hoped never would happen. Um, so that's why I think this conversation is, is so important. Um, so it sounds like you're talking about a lot more than just whether or not they want to be put on life support. Absolutely. It's not just as simple as, hey, no heroic measures. Like it, this is so nuanced. Um, there's so many different elements. And I've created a toolkit with uh, my good friend, Natalia Dumar, who was a law intern with me. Um, I experienced an, an, um, a personal uh, family member who, um, I'll, and I'll go into that in just a minute, that, that inspired me to make sure that our families have, my clients particularly, have the tools they need to have these conversations with their family members. Um, and it's a lot more than just uh, signing a living will or a, a physician or provider's order for life-sustaining treatment, a post um, saying, do not resuscitate. It's a lot deeper than that. And there's a lot more things that can go wrong that can be frustrating. And I think we'll get into some of those stories too as we, as we talk, um, so. Um, the directive forms that you maybe fill out that you're talking about, Emily, uh, they do little to influence the, what happens when the time comes, unless you um, talk with your provide your agent and give informed and thoughtful reflection about your wishes and your values, and also personal communication between you and your decision makers before a crisis occurs. You've got to have those two elements. Um, you, you doing the work personally on what you want and what's important to you and then communicating that. Okay. So just, um, just a background to me, this is my mom, uh, me, I was born in Canada. I came down to the United States when I was 12 and I'm, I'm a naturalized citizen. It took me a while though, cause I love my Canada. Um, <laughs> but I have all of my family here in Utah and my children and, uh, um, I have, I have eight children and uh, they're all left the home, but my last one, my 12 year old, uh, this is me graduating from uh, BYU, Brigham Young University when uh, I was nine days overdue with my first child. I was graduated in history and gerontology. So I've always loved the elderly. And so obviously estate planning was a good fit. And then here is um, me on the first day of law school. So I felt very um, motivated, inspired to, to go back to law school. I had the support of my husband and my parents um, who helped with my youngest. So um, from there, we, uh, I worked for the State Office of Education. This is actually a picture of, of my on um, the day I took the bar. That's my welcome home sign in the background. And then I opened up Angel Advocates. Uh, after uh, several years, I felt really prompted that I um, this was something that I needed to do to serve my community because of some personal experiences that I had had. So I worked with another estate planning firm and then joined Angel Advocates. After um, a few years, I actually created it and uh, so I could do things the way I wanted to do things, uh, which is things like my toolkit. That I, I want to make sure I can address the um, issues and the concerns that I see my clients experiencing in, in a way that I feel good about. So um, yeah, I named it Angel Advocates because I wanted my clients to feel like they were the angels that they had, um, that they that they would one day care about the planning they did or didn't do, and that they would want to be able to bring as much peace to their loved ones or protection that would only be available through proper planning. Um, and I believe that they have angels in their lives that they want to protect. And then I hope that me and my team that will be angels. Um, in their lives with the resources and communication and, and such that we have. 
So I'm kind of just kind of going on, but but Emily, do you have any questions or anything that okay. you I'm, 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 I'm stuck on the fact you said you had eight children and I'm counting and there's four in one picture and six in the next. So did the other two come later? Are they? Yeah, th that's a great question because there's various stages of my life, right? Yeah. So, um, so I did have two children that passed away and then I have... I had one child after this picture was taken. So I had one child that passed away before this picture, one that passed away um, after this picture. And then I have my, my little uh, Catherine, who's my, my last one that was born in 2010. So she and was, she's, she's still at home. <clears throat> she's still at home. Yeah, she is. So that's, that's my group. Busy mom. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Like <laughs> it's real. Um, but, uh, such a, such a satisfying life and lots of, uh, lessons that I've learned and lots of, is your husband an attorney also? No, actually he teaches, um, religious education for the church oh. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he teaches at the uh, Utah Valley Institute of religion, uh -huh. and he's getting his, uh, doctorate in biblical studies right now speaks Hebrew and Greek and does all the, the cool nerdy stuff that made me fall in love with him. So, so yeah, so that's why he was so flexible when I went to law school, his employer uh, was able to let him come home. Um, when the kids makes a difference to get that kind of support. Oh, it's, it makes all the difference in the world as a, as a woman, doesn't it? To have that. Here's some, some groups that I'm involved in, uh, but we can, you know, if you have any questions, we can talk about that. I've, uh, chaired the Utah Bar uh, Business Law Section, founding member of 100 Women Care Utah Valley, great organization, and received awards from various. I have heard about that. So you're one of the founding members. Um, that's for Utah Valley. It's an, actually an, a worldwide group that uh -huh. has over 700 chapters around the world. Um, but our group did uh, donate um, over $15,000 this last quarter to a charity. Uh, so we choose one charity per quarter from three that present and uh, we all crowdsource our crowdfund our donations and, and get to, to help that. So please get involved wherever you are in the world, get involved. It's a wonderful way to meet wonderful people, to learn about the nonprofits in your community and to be able to make a real difference with a relatively small amount of money. So awesome. Yeah. So let's dive into the toolkit. That's kind of a little overview, but um, the toolkit that I have, and, and, and uh, I'll let you know how to get a hold of this toolkit. I'll be able to email it to you. Um, it's a digital copy uh, at the end. I'll give you my, my number as well as my email address, but want to kind of give an overview of the contents and hopefully give you some resources that you can use right now without, you know, if this is all you want to do is just, hey, I have got a half an hour, give me the top um, resources. Does that sound good? It sounds wonderful. And I just want to add, how thorough this is you were asking questions i had never thought of things that you know i thought you're right that matters you would need to know how your loved one felt about that i and you anyway go ahead so let's dive in well it's a great point um you know, Emily, that in the advanced healthcare directive, it says that if you're unable to communicate, that your agent is supposed to take into consideration any thoughts you've expressed on the subject. But how often do we really express thoughts on the subject? Oh, it's, that's the elephant <laughs> in the room. We're too embarrassed. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You wouldn't dare, 
You know, if you know someone is is approaching death, no one dares say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just up in Canada visiting with my grandmother um, in December, who's having a, a significant health issue that will lead to her eventual passing. And we had my mom asked me, can you please bring your your resources? And I had these conversations with my grandma and uh, she's she's like, nobody's ever asked me this. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Yeah. I don't, you know, thank you so much for explaining what the process of, you know, passing away is going to be like. And it was just so empowering to her because everyone had talked around her, but nobody had talked to her. And uh, she just felt like her dignity had been restored because these conversations were being held. Um, and so, so yeah, for sure. It's, it's just a really important opportunity to, um, to really have a bonding experience with your loved one too. It ties your heart together. Uh, when they feel that you're going to not not just know these things, but advocate for them. And I recommend that this conversation take place not just with your agent, the person that you think will make the decisions, but everyone around them that's close to you that could influence that agent. Because I can tell you, they are not going to unplug you from any kind of medical machinery if the family is screaming, don't you dare. I mean, it doesn't matter if... If you told them, you know, I will come back and haunt you if you don't do what I say, um, it doesn't matter because they got to live with, with the family members that love you still. So I encourage you not just to have this conversation with, with the agent that you choose, but with um, all of the people that love you that you would put on a HIPAA for your, your right to private, your privacy medical document or things like that. Wow. So, so um, let's get, oh, I did want to share my why was, um, is just my dear grandma Phipps. She's my, my husband's grandmother. Um, I was her caregiver. She was always close to me in her care, um, care facilities that she lived with, um, lived in as she progressed towards her final um, illness. And uh, her agent, she wanted me to replace her agent for about five years. She kept asking me, please, Clea, will you be my agent? I kept saying no, because it was a family member that was closer in relation to her than I was, because I am her granddaughter-in-law. I'm not even her blood granddaughter. Um, And uh, I've lived to regret that because her agent during her final illness refused to believe that she um, was not faking it. He said that she was faking it and would refuse to, for her to have pain management and uh, just beyond Tylenol and ibuprofen. And finally, after an ombudsman getting involved in us going to heads um, with me advocating for her and him, you know, rolling his eyes. Um, it was discovered after we finally got her to a doctor, um, he relented after three weeks that she had broken her back in two places. And after that three weeks of horrifying pain and, uh, not receiving med management, not receiving transport, not receiving help in the morning or in the evening, getting ready for bed after three weeks of living like that, um, all they could do was put her on morphine and she passed away a week later. So that really is my passion for creating this toolkit and for telling my clients to please review, please review your agents, review, be aware of how they're treating you, be con, you know, conscientious. Don't be afraid of offending them. I can't believe how many times I hear that. I'm just going to um, I, you know, they're going to feel bad if I don't choose them, or I've got to make sure everyone has an equal part in my plan. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. This is your life and your, your comfort. So that's, um, that's my why for, for doing this. So let's get started with selecting your healthcare agent. 
Um, if you do not choose an agent, it will be chosen for you by statute. Now that's here in Utah. Now this is something you'll need to check in the state where you're at because in various states, it's anyone who has an interest in you. I mean, it, you, so then everyone just ends up in court fighting over who's going to make the decision. In Utah, at least where I am, there's a waterfall of um, order of who makes decisions. And the first one is the one that you appoint. So if you don't want um, your spouse to make healthcare decisions for you because you, you know, perhaps they love you too much and they'll never make the hard choice, then you better appoint somebody, you know, directly. Um, then it goes legal, special guardian, spouse, children, parents, siblings, grandchildren, grandparents, or an adult who's exhibited special care. So, um, health agent qualifications, uh, usually they need to be over the age of 18. Of course, um, they can't be a medical provider. Uh, can't be, a, I believe they can't be a beneficiary of like a life insurance policy that, you know, they could, I mean, there, there's some changes or differences about that. So you might want to check that. Um, they need to be willing to speak on your behalf, uh, can handle conflict, um, is available in the future, lives close by. That's nice, but not necessary, but it is nice to have them available to talk to doctors, um, but really is a strong advocate for you. I've seen agents where they gaslight the person and, and whenever they're around them, they make them feel crazy and it actually exacerbates their, you know, their dementia or their old age um, memory, um, because they feel so vulnerable. They feel so, um, insecure around that person. So it's super important to just pay attention to how people, um, uh, treat you. Okay. Um, are some conditions worse than death? Here are some questions here. How much would I want to receive medical treatment if it resulted in this condition? And so, um, so for example, a lot of these things will depend on what stage you are in life. You know, the decision for me now, I'm, I, you know, wouldn't be fun, but I'm okay with the wheelchair. I've got a long life ahead of me. Want to meet my grandkids. Um, maybe if I was 90 and didn't recognize anyone and, you know, you know, right. That's you, huge. That yeah, it a just, big difference. it would be a big difference. Yeah. On what you would, what you would be maybe, uh, um, willing to, to experience. So those are some great questions um, of what's funny is my, my dear dad, when I was asking him these questions, he was like, I love your mom. If she's watching two Hallmark movies a day, I'll be okay. I can, you know, won't be fun, but I'll be okay. But if she's moving up to five Hallmark movies a day, it's time to let me go because, because <laughs> my mom really loves her Hallmark movies. Um, so, and he's a great sport about it, but he's like, Hey, if she's not able to do anything, but watch Hallmark, then, you know, if I got a chance to go, then it's probably time to cut me loose. <laughs> so there's just these little things that can be funny. How do you weigh your odds of survival? So, you know, your chance of survival, if you had a, a medical event, um, would you want to receive treatment? And so uh, you can kind of have that conversation. If you would, you know, how much uh, severe side effects would you want um, to regain your current health? If what, you know, what would the chance be? Um, personal priorities and spiritual values important to your medical decisions. Uh, just really important to consider what, um, what your thoughts and feelings are about death and dying and what um, comfort measures, but also uh, perhaps there's a letter or maybe um, to write somebody to offer forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness, um, wishes for a memorial service, uh, those kinds of things. So some important things to, to discuss with a family member. 
um, or your agent. Decisions to think about now, be thinking about organ donation, body and tissue donation, and burial and cremation. And these are all in the toolkit where you have resources that are at least Utah specific, but will give you a, a, an idea of where to look um, in your own state. Um, so yeah, or you can connect with me and I have belonged to a network of attorneys that are passionate about these things as well that I've actually trained in these in these um, in this toolkit that's across the United States. So I can connect you with an attorney that might oh, be Oh, well, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I know these people, they're, they're good friends of mine, that this network of attorneys and we're, we're a great, great team. Uh, conversation scripts, getting past the resistance. You know, speaking of that's what, you know, we're talking about here today. This, um, there's a whole toolkit just on uh, how to bring this up. Um, you know, using the story of a neighbor or a friend or a movie that you've watched or a famous person in the news um, is a great way to begin the conversation. Or you can blame it on your attorney. You can say, I was watching Win Win, you know, TV with Emily, and there was this attorney on there. And she said, I have to have these conversations. It's all her fault. She said, I have to do it. And I've got to get these documents in place or else, you know, it could be really bad. Um, so just blame it on me. Say, Clea told you, you got to do it. You got to have that. Um, there's often resistance here. Uh, and so just work through that resistance and be firm and straightforward and point out the consequences of not talking now. Um, and or ask somebody to be your spokesperson, to be your advocate, to help you with that conversation. This is my favorite tool that I have my clients do. I said, if you do nothing else in this toolkit, Give your agent a copy of the IQ test that this is um, toolkit tool number seven. You take it, they take it, compare your answers, should take less than three minutes, and then compare your answers. And uh, if you're in, if you're vibing, then you don't have to, you know, then you know you picked the right agent. You know you picked the right agent. Exactly. Um, if you're not vibing, then you better sit down and go through maybe some of those toolkit uh, questions and, and get on the same page or choose a new agent. <laughs> and so um, really important for that. Um, advanced healthcare directive planning. I, in my practice, I have something we call funding. When you make a trust, it's worth nothing. All the money you spend is worth nothing if you don't put assets into the trust, okay? And the same thing with your advanced healthcare directive. You can sign that document, all beautiful and pretty, but if you don't share it with your medical provider, if you don't share it with your agent, if you don't have the conversations with your agent, it's not worth anything. So I call it funding your healthcare documents. So you, um, I have a whole list of people you're supposed to talk to and uh, providers that you're supposed to share your documents with. So just make sure that you're sharing these things, talking with your doctors about what your wishes are so that they're not surprised when, um, when your agent is asking you know, certain questions or is, is advocating for a certain course, okay? All right, we're almost through, Emily, we're almost to the end. Um, making medical decisions. I love this tool because it gives you sample questions if you are diagnosed with um, a condition or need tests. It helps you be informed as you talk to the doctors. And then also it gives you really smart questions to ask about a prognosis or to evaluate proposed treatment or end of life care. Um, so now just to make sure you, you understand, all of these tools 
they they're picked they're kind of cherry picked from across the United States. My legal intern and I reviewed all the resources that were available um, and how different states approach healthcare uh, documentation and, and such and uh, resources for their communities. And so we we picked and so you'll see at the bottom of the toolkit exactly where that resource came from. So it's a you know, just a great thing. So I'm here to help. Um, I have a complimentary 15 minute phone call that you can um, access through my website, angeladvocateslegal.com. There's just a little schedule up at the top. Um, but also there's a family wealth planning session that I do where I review your assets, your family, your, your asset situation, your family situation, and your existing documentation. So your existing health care, power of attorney, will, or if you don't have anything, we talk about what would happen. And uh, so we do that together. We sit down and if you um, mentioned that you saw me with Emma Lou here today. I can um, give, oh, this is kind of the process, but I'll give you a thousand dollars value. We'll sit down for that family wealth planning session and I'll gift that to you if you do the homework and, uh, and uh, also $250 off any estate planning package if, you, um, if we move forward and, and do some work together to get you to a place where you want to be. So, so they just need to mention win-win women. Yep, win-win women, and that's your your key when you're scheduling. Just let them let uh, my assistant Deb know that. Um, there's my email or my uh, website angeladvocateslegal.com, and uh, here's my number eight zero one nine nine seven nine two seven zero. And uh, once again, um, there you can just get a phone call, get on the phone, and I can triage if you're from another state. I can. Um, help you get connected with the wonderful then, attorney there. And how do they get that toolkit? And you get, yeah, just email reach out. You. They can yep. email you and get that toolkit. Yep. You can call my, my phone number or email me at Clea, K-L-E-A at angeladvocateslegal.com. And we'll send it out to you and look forward to you using it in your family and with your friends. So every, every family needs one. Clea, yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, so I kind of fire hosed you there, Emily. But <laughs> what, what questions do you have? I know that we had. Well, you gave us the, the valuable resource how we contact you, how we can get more information, and how we can get that toolkit. I just wanted to add on that I went through it, discussed it with my daughter, and, and it's awkward. And she's, oh, we don't want it. But, you know, it's so necessary. And and not just for the elderly, you know, who knows? There are accidents, there are, you know. Yeah. These are the hard conversations we need to have with the people that we love. I'm so glad you're doing this. I appreciate it. So for my viewers, I hope you join us again next week at the same time. And... <clears throat> Let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. One way is to have these difficult conversations. Sometimes they can bring up emotions that are painful to deal with. Um, I would encourage you to go to, I wrote an ebook, um, Feeling Triggered. Sometimes things happen in a family and we feel like we just snap and make an immediate response. So it's feeling triggered, change your response. And you can get that ebook just by going to feelingtriggered.com. 
and do contact Clea, get that toolkit. Even if you feel like everyone's in good health, be ready. And I love what you said about the wealth strategy is planning for those you love, the estate planning, but the healthcare is helping them take care of you and not leaving those hard decisions to them. Yeah. So thanks again, Clea. Any, any closing remarks you want to make? Oh, I just, I just, I think that in the process of planning, it unlocks the ability and the capacity and expands our capacity to enjoy life more now. So it's, it's, I just challenge you to whatever it is, wherever you are, what is the next thing that you could do? Because the, the process of contemplating those things, those, those inevitables that maybe feel really uncomfortable to talk about can actually help you enjoy life more and can help you appreciate life more and uh, love life so much more. So, well, and I loved what you said about bonding. I mean, what greater way to show your love, care and concern for someone. Yeah. When you're willing to have the awkward conversation. Yeah. Clea, thank you again. And for my audience, join me again next week at the same time. This is Emily Penrod at healingyourfamilies.com.